Beatrice Spills the Beans on Codependency is a codependency recovery, emotional awareness, and exploration podcast. B is a mom, social worker, and recovering codependent, creating a space for like-minded people who have similar experiences to help empower and cheer each other on. Join B on her journey with emotional exploration. For another month. Today is a long-awaited episode, meaning that I've mentioned multiple times throughout the series that I need to do an episode on this. And I think I was dragging my feet because this is such a complicated topic and it's so in-depth and it took me a long time to understand and grasp and want to move forward with this learned behavior. And so today we are going to talk about boundaries. When I say boundaries, I mean physical, emotional, psychological boundaries pertaining to relationships and friendships and any interaction you have with others around you or in your circle or people that you want to keep outside of your circle. That's what boundaries are for. So with that, let's get started. So let's start with the definition of boundaries. Boundaries is a psychological demarcation that protects the integrity of an individual or group. It sets realistic limits on participation in a relationship or activity. Boundaries are useful when managing relationships that have some sort of toxic behavior in the past. All relationships have boundaries, whether we are aware or not. One example that sticks in mind is that a natural boundary that people have is that they're going to treat their close friends different than they do acquaintances or colleagues. So if you run into someone at the store and they are an acquaintance or a colleague, you might wave and nod your head at them and smile and say hello. Whereas a close friend, you're going to go in and embrace them and give them a big hug. And that's a natural boundary that we don't think about, but we keep a line of distance from people that we don't feel extremely close to and people that we feel close to, we are more likely to embrace and bring them closer to us. And so that's just an example of a boundary and how boundaries occur daily without us even thinking about them. Many people misunderstand boundaries thinking they are rules for the other person and if they disobey the rule, then a punishment for that person occurs. Boundaries are for ourselves and not for other people. Boundaries are to help protect ourselves from interacting in dysfunction. And that's really important when talking about boundaries. So if you set a boundary with someone, you're not expecting a change from that person. You're expecting to have to act out and follow through with whatever you say your rule is. It's about what you are willing to put up with and learning your own limits and how you're going to handle situations so that you don't have to be in toxic situations when you don't want to be in them. A big thing with boundaries is understanding what is in our bubble and what's in others. What is our responsibility and what is others' responsibility? We often think that others can make us feel or do things. And I say that all the time to people I'm close to. They'll say, They made me so angry. And I'm like, did they make you angry? Because that's a lot of power to give someone 
to say that they are making you angry. So another way is that behavior triggers me and I'm feeling angry. Them not texting me when they go out and letting me know where they're at or letting me know that they're okay when they, they're gone for hours, that triggers an emotion in me that makes me feel insecure and I start getting anxiety, worrying about something is wrong with them and that makes me angry. But the person isn't making you angry. The person isn't making you sad. The situation is triggering you and you are sad. But it's understanding the difference of what is in our control and what is not. We don't have control over other people's behaviors, but we do have control over how we respond and how we interact and how much effort we put into relationships that we're not getting a lot of effort back. We are in charge of our own feelings and behaviors. Boundaries are meant to help us understand that we are in control of our own lives and not meant to force others to comply with our wishes and not meant to force others to comply with our wishes. According to an article on Healthline written by Jennifer Chesak, areas we can set boundaries for ourselves include our personal space, our sexuality, emotions and thoughts, our stuff or possessions, our time and energy, our culture, religion, and ethics. So the first step to developing boundaries is to define our boundaries. And three steps to define our boundaries include, one, knowing your rights, two, following your gut, and three, determining your values. So before you can even think about starting to set boundaries, it's really important to do some self-reflection and to learn, you know, where our morals are, what we want out of life, what kind of relationships we want, starting to be in tune to our body and listening to what our body feels when we're in certain situations. And it's crazy because when I started learning about boundaries, all of this was extremely new to me. I never thought about the fact that when I went to family events where there was a lot of toxic behaviors, how sick I would feel after I left the event or how much of a physical toll it took on me to be in toxic situations where I wasn't sticking up for myself. Every time I didn't stick up for myself, it was just a reminder of how I didn't know how to protect myself. I spent so many years being angry, especially at my parents, feeling that they didn't protect me. And then I kept betraying myself by as I grew up and I was an adult and I wasn't even capable of protecting myself. When you can't protect yourself or stick up for yourself or know your worth, it really sets a tone of, it just makes you feel like you're worthless. So let's talk about first. So remember the three steps to define our boundaries. The first step is knowing your rights. And let's talk about what are our rights? Where are our rights within ourselves? And it might sound silly that I have to name these, but I honestly did not know my rights when I started with boundaries. I felt that my job was to make everyone else happy, to keep the peace, to bend myself over backwards to have relationships, and that if I didn't have relationships, I was worthless. So I didn't really know what my rights were. I didn't know what I could own and where I stopped and other people started. I didn't know my fence line. I didn't know my bubble. I didn't know what was 
under my realm of responsibility versus other people's. So our rights. You have the right to say no without feeling guilty. We have the right to be treated with respect. We have the right to make our needs as important as others. I'm going to say that one again because that one, girl, I needed to hear that. We have the right to make our needs as important as others. We have the right to be accepted for mistakes and failures. And we have the right to not meet others' unreasonable expectations. So, man, that was like one little shackle off of my ankles when I learned my rights. The first one, the right to say no, that had me shaking in my boots. Like, I had no idea how to say no. I had no idea that I could say no without having to give an explanation. So the second step in defining boundaries is to listen to your gut and your body. Oftentimes you will have a physical reaction when your boundaries are being crossed. You may feel a tightening in your muscles, in your chest, your stomach, your throat, and your jaw. You might leave feeling exhausted from a situation. You might feel yourself shutting down and kind of slumping over and just trying to like curl up into yourself. You may feel a heightened sense of awareness and your heart's beating faster, you're feeling shaky. It might trigger anxiety. Throwback, hashtag anxiety. It's just really important to listen to your body. And are you at ease? Are you relaxed in the situation? Those might be situations where you feel safe and comfortable. But as soon as you start tightening up and feeling your body responding to the stress around you, that might be a good sign that boundaries need to be set in that area. The third step to defining our boundaries is that we need to reflect on our moral values to know when those are being tested or challenged. Knowing our morals helps with knowing our limits. This is the first step to developing self-awareness. Defining your boundaries, all three of those steps, it's helping you to find your self-awareness and to understand what your morals and values are and the type of life you want to live. And without knowing that, knowing how you feel and getting to know yourself and what you feel is right or wrong, you're not going to be able to set boundaries with others until you take a mirror and look at yourself a little bit. First, you want to define your boundaries and find them. And so that's introspection. That is looking inward and finding some self-awareness about what our morals and values are. And then the second thing we need to know is how to set boundaries. And so I have a four-step process on how to set boundaries. The first step is to define the boundary, which is what we just covered, and finding that self-awareness. The second step is to communicate what your needs are. You need to communicate clearly, calmly, and firmly, not in anger or by apologizing. You're not responsible for the reaction of your boundaries. So when you set a boundary and you communicate clearly what the boundary is and the other person doesn't receive it well, that is not your responsibility. That is not your problem. I'm trying to think of an example of a boundary. One boundary I have is that I grew up in a family where 
the male figures in my family had no problem talking down to me or being disrespectful, especially using the B word. I don't know. I just don't feel like I need to say it. I think everyone knows what I mean by the B word, but saying negative things to me that they knew would hurt me or just yelling at me in general, degrading me. That was really a normal thing for me. I started learning boundary work when I started, well, actually when I went through my divorce is when I started learning about it, but I really started implementing it with my family once I started dating my husband because I didn't want my husband to have that example of how my family members, especially my male family members, thought that they could treat me because that wasn't an okay behavior for them to degrade me and talk down to me. And in my first marriage, I learned that my husband saw the way they treated me and he took that as a green light to treat me the same way. And I wasn't going to put up with that again, let alone set the example that I am willing to put up with that with people in my family. Not that my husband would ever talk to me that way, whether he saw that or not, but I wasn't going to set that trend from the get-go. I started telling my family members, if you're going to talk to me that way, I'm going to need to leave. I'm not going to allow you to talk to me that way. I'm not going to stand around for you to talk to me that way. And I remember one time specifically, I was helping my dad in his front yard. He was working on his RV or something. And as I was helping him, he talked down to me and was degrading towards me. And I was like, I don't appreciate you talking to me like that. He was like, you know what? I've had a fucking bad day and I'm not in the mood for your shit right now. And I'm like, that doesn't make it okay to treat me that way. And I said, if you keep talking to me that way, I'm going to need to leave. Well, then fucking leave was his response. And so I got up and left. He didn't get my help and he didn't respond well. Like I said, like it's not our responsibility how people respond to our boundaries. It hurt the way he responded that he couldn't just be respectful towards me. Because it's hard. It's hard to express when we feel like our boundaries are being crossed. It's hard to express that to people. That takes courage. And to have that negative response back, is it's crushing. And in the moment, it, it didn't feel good to like leave him without help and just to like not have my boundary respected. But over time, he has talked down to me and been degrading towards me less and less because he knows that I mean what I say and that there are consequences to his behavior. And so at first it was like very minimal what he was willing to give and he would give a lot of pushback and resistance to my boundaries. But over time he started to respect them even though he was acting out towards them in the beginning. The third step to setting boundaries is to stay simple. Don't overexplain and remember that no is a complete sentence. It's probably why I have a podcast is because I'm so good at overexplaining things, which is great when you're trying to teach someone about a new topic or get in depth about something and to make people aware of of certain behaviors and things like that. Then sometimes it's good to overexplain because it is helpful to understanding things. But when you're setting boundaries, That can be overwhelming to someone. It can make them not understand your boundary because you're not being very clear and you're all over the place and you're over explaining to a point that they can't comprehend what you're asking. And it may make you look insecure 
like you're not really sure about your boundary and that it'll be easy to cross that boundary and there's not going to be real consequences to it. The fourth thing, no means no, that was really hard for me to learn at first. Like I couldn't, I hardly could tell people no at all. I thought that relationships were built off of doing things for people and being there for people. And if I said no, that was disrespecting a friendship. I didn't even recognize that that was disrespecting myself. And I definitely could not say no as a full sentence. I had to say, no, I'm sorry, my son's sick. No, I'm not feeling well today. No, uh, uh, let me come up with a reason why, because you deserve a reason. But no, no means no. It's okay to just say no. And if people don't respect your no, then that's a clear place that a boundary needs to be put down. And also people who do respect your no, respect you. And that's really important to recognize. People who don't respect your no are not being respectful towards you. And they don't understand that you have a right to say no without feeling guilty. And that that is everybody's personal right. So if you get offended when people say no, maybe that's something to think about as well. And I know that for me, I had a hard time with no. I used to be very manipulative, and I thought that when people said no, that was my chance to get them to say yes. And so that was the flip side of the coin for me and my toxicity. And so I didn't respect everyone's no, and I definitely didn't respect my own no. And that's really an important thing to remember when setting boundaries. Fourth step to setting boundaries is to set consequences. And remember to keep the focus on yourself. Only declare boundaries that you're willing to follow through with. So if I would have told my dad, if you don't, if you don't stop talking to me that way, I'm going to leave. And then he keeps talking to me that way and I don't leave. I'm not following through with my boundary and showing him that I mean what I say. And it's less likely that he's going to be respectful or think about that behavior later on. Whereas when I did leave, he did think about his behavior and he started treating me more respectfully in different situations. And like I said, even though it didn't go that well that day and he had a negative reaction to my boundary, it did sink in enough for him to start being more respectful and not being in those situations as much. What I say by remember to focus on yourself, that means that it's important to make sure that your boundaries are for you and that you're not turning that into a way to dictate what other people do. With my dad, I didn't say, if you're going to keep talking that way, you're going to need to leave. Or you're like, I need you to leave. I need you to do this. I need you to apologize to me. You know, I'm not telling him what to do. I'm not telling him I need an apology. I'm not telling him that he needs to leave. I'm telling him that if he does that behavior, I am going to leave. I am not going to allow this. I am not comfortable and I will change the situation so that I cannot be a part of it. I am not going to help you if you treat me this way. It's not about him. It's about me and what my boundaries, not telling him what to do. This is a, a fake example. This doesn't happen. But let's say that my husband, not that he doesn't make dinner. He does make dinner sometimes, but I am the main cook in the house. But I am the one that's more likely to work late in the home. So let's say that I'm 
going, I'm not coming home at six o'clock and every night my husband has dinner on the table at six o'clock and he makes my son wait until I get home. So all of our food is cold and I keep coming home later and later and later. And my husband's feeling disrespected because he puts the effort into making dinner and my son's also having to wait, which he shouldn't have to be eating later than six o'clock. He tells me it really hurts my feelings that you can't make it to our family dinner and I put all this effort in and I'm feeling disrespected because you're not able to make it on time for dinner and dinner's getting cold and our son's whiny because he hasn't eaten and I'm making him wait. And so his boundary with that could be if you're not home at six o'clock for dinner, we will eat dinner and I will put your dinner in the fridge and you can heat it up when you get home. So he's not telling me if you don't come home at dinner at six o'clock, you do not get to eat because I'm an adult. He can't tell me if I can eat or not. The consequence is to make things easier on him, not to punish me. So that's the difference. It's not to dictate what I'm going to do. He's not saying if you're not going to eat dinner, or if you're not going to be home at six o'clock, then you need to go drive through and get your own food because we won't have dinner for you. He's just saying that I am going to eat dinner at six o'clock so that our son's set on a schedule and he's not getting whiny and I'm not having to deal with that. And that all of my effort into having a hot meal on the table isn't going to waste because we're not going to eat it cold an hour later. So basically, he's just setting that boundary that this is how it's going to be. This is what time dinner is. You know what time dinner is. If you don't show up at dinner time, you're going to miss out on family dinner and you're going to have to put in the extra effort to make dinner yourself. So that's an example of a boundary and a consequence where the consequence is affecting me and I'm missing out on stuff, but the boundary is for him. It's so that he can have a more peaceful evening and that he doesn't feel disrespected because he's doing his own thing. And if I show up, great. If not, that's my own problem and that I have the consequence of missing family dinner and having to deal with that guilt. So it's really important to remember that boundaries are for us, not them. Boundaries are for us, not the other person. It is not a free ticket to dictate what other people do. Boundaries could be the difference between a healthy and happy relationship versus a toxic and dysfunctional relationship. So many people have boundaries that they don't even recognize that they have set. And so many people have a lack of boundaries that they don't recognize that they need to set boundaries. But boundaries can make or break how you feel in a relationship. It can make or break if you feel respected and loved and cherished versus taken advantage of, abused, and just overall in a toxic situation. So why is it important to set boundaries? It's important to set boundaries because it's a way of practicing self-care and self-respect. Like I said, when my husband came into our family, I didn't want members of my family to talk down to me and be degrading towards me because I didn't want him to think it was okay and that I'm willing to put up with that behavior. And also, I wanted him to know that I had enough self-respect to have boundaries and not allow that behavior. So if I allowed that to keep happening and I just made excuses for it and I reacted to it but didn't set any clear boundaries and consequences, I would not be respecting myself and my 
values and what I deserve, not sticking up for myself and what I deserve. The next reason is to communicate your needs in a relationship. Before I had boundaries, I didn't even know what I needed in a relationship. I thought what I needed was to be whatever they needed me to be, and then I would be resentful. So to be able to understand your needs so that you can communicate them so that you can have a healthy relationship is a really important reason to have boundaries. Another reason it's important to have boundaries is to make time and space for positive interactions. So the more boundaries and work we do on boundaries will help us to have more time and space for positive interactions because we're not going to be allowing negative interactions to take up our time and space. We're going to be able to say no to dinner with that toxic person without having to explain ourselves. And that'll make time for us to be able to go out to dinner with people that are respectful and positive and enhance our lives instead of drain us. And another reason it's important to set boundaries is to set limits in a relationship to keep it healthy. Like working with my dad, I have a lot healthier relationship with him. And yeah, it took a lot of work and a lot of pushback. But when I'm around him, I don't fear that he's going to be disrespectful to me all the time because it very rarely happens. And he knows that that's not a behavior I'm going to put up with. So our relationship is healthier and I'm able to be comfortable around him and not feel that I'm going to be degraded and abused, emotionally or verbally abused. So what stops us from setting boundaries? If boundaries are so important in relationships, what stops us from setting them? For me, my biggest reason for not being able to set healthy boundaries was the fear of rejection and abandonment. If I said no, that meant that not only would people not respect my no, but I would lose relationships and friendships over it because they would feel disrespected by me. Another reason is fear of confrontation. Honestly, setting boundaries in, in general is difficult. Because you do have to have some confrontation. You have to be able to say, I'm not going to put up with this behavior. And if you keep treating me that way, then I'm going to X, Y, and Z. I'm going to whatever the consequence may be. And that's confrontation. And it's uncomfortable, especially for people pleasers and codependent people who want to make people feel comfortable and have a keen sense of sacrificing ourselves for others and our comfort for other people's comfort. I have a feeling for most codependents, confrontation is difficult, but I can definitely say me as a codependent, confrontation is very, confrontation is very, very difficult. Another thing that stops us from setting healthy boundaries is guilt. Just the guilt of saying no, the guilt of having to set boundaries and how awkward that feels for us and the people around us while it's happening. And the guilt of changing the dynamics of relationships that we've been in for so long that it feels weird and uncomfortable. Another thing that stops us from setting healthy boundaries is not being taught healthy boundaries. If you're not taught healthy boundaries, you might not even recognize that boundaries are being crossed. Like me, I had no idea what boundaries were. I didn't know that. I, I had no idea. I didn't know I had a right to set boundaries. I didn't know that it wasn't normal, the dysfunction that was happening in my relationships. I didn't think that the dysfunction could change with setting boundaries. 
I did not think that there was any way that people would be respectful enough of me and want me to be around that they would actually think about and change their behaviors to be more respectful and cordial and a, a more healthy environment for me to be in. And the last thing that stops people from setting boundaries is safety concerns, especially dealing with an abusive or toxic person. Sometimes setting boundaries with people who have been toxic for so long, we have a, a good reason to fear our safety. And, and that is a, it's, that's something that if you are in a situation where you need to set boundaries with someone and you have safety concerns, that's a great time to reach out to services in your area for a therapist or a domestic violence shelter that has lots of services like support groups and counselors and even free counseling. I know in our area, we definitely have free counseling for people so that they can have the strength of being coached and having a plan if safety concerns are an issue. Sometimes setting boundaries is really difficult and it can cause reactions that we would not want in the beginning. So it's important to know that you're safe and that you have a safety plan in place if safety concerns are an issue with boundaries. My heart is sinking just thinking about it, but it's so true. It's really important to have a plan, a safety plan in place if setting boundaries with someone who has a history of being physically, emotionally, or verbally abusive with you. When first setting boundaries, you will probably feel what you perceive to be negative emotions. When doing something different than what you are used to, it can feel wrong. You might feel selfish, guilty, or embarrassed. Those feelings will subside. It will get easier with time and practice. Something that I came up with with my mom, we were talking about how people in our family who complain a lot, they're often complaining because they feel like they're not being respected or, you know, they're just grumbling and grumbling and going on and on about a subject or going on about their issue with someone and they're not it's not fixing the situation because they're not having that conversation with the person they're, they're talking about. They're just going on and on and complaining to everyone else about it. My mom and I are really big fans of Brene Brown and Brene Brown always talks about rumbling, like having to rumble with the situation, which means dealing with the situation, going into the situation and facing it head on and being in situations if you need to have confrontation, having that confrontation to have a better outcome. And so we came up with the saying, if you're grumbling, it's time to start rumbling. And so I say, if you're grumbling a lot, that's a good sign that you need to start rumbling with boundaries. So if you are complaining about someone all the time to other people, or you just find yourself like so frustrated with someone, that is a good sign that you need to be setting boundaries with a certain person or, or limiting your interaction with that person. And a lot of times the reason that people complain about other people or gossip about other people, it's because they don't have boundaries set with that person or they have not expressed their feelings to that person in a healthy and constructive way. So if you're grumbling, it might be time to start rumbling with boundaries. Let's talk about what are some unhealthy boundaries. Unhealthy boundaries are sharing too much too soon, 
not sharing feelings at all, feeling responsible for others' happiness, inability to say no, a weak sense of identity, you base your worth on how others treat you, and you allow others to make decisions for you. Let's see. Check, 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 check. All of them. Every single one of those was me before I learned about boundaries. My boundaries were so unhealthy. I love to talk to people and tell them all about my life to feel closer to them the very first time I met them. I had no understanding of what Brene Brown talks about, the marble jar, where someone confides in you so you confide a little in them and building a relationship over time and not just dumping everything on one person. I didn't know how to say no, like I said. I lived my life thinking that other people's happiness would gauge my happiness. And guess what? I was freaking miserable. I was so miserable all the time because I was sacrificing myself all the time for other people's happiness. And I didn't even know what would make happiness for me. I didn't know that sitting in a closet and gabbing on to these wonderful people that I'm speaking to right now that that would be so fulfilling to me. I didn't know that learning about relationships and the difference between toxic relationships and healthy relationships would be fulfilling to me. I didn't know that going and playing bunko with my mom's club every month would be fulfilling to me. I had no idea because I didn't have self-awareness to take a moral inventory of what I wanted my life to look like and the people I wanted in it and who I wanted to spend the time with. I used to feel like Every time a family event happened two hours away, I had to go to that family event or I am not worthy of being in the family. So I didn't allow myself to have friends in the town I live in and to have activities planned for the weekend because if something came up where I needed to go back to my hometown, I needed to be available. And that was so hindering to building relationships and building healthy roots in my town that I've settled into. It was so disrespectful to myself and my time. And it's not my job to make everyone else happy. And it's okay to say, no, I'm not going to make it this weekend. Sorry, I just found out about that and I already have plans. But you're not, you don't need to apologize. I already made plans this weekend. See, I'm still working on it. I'm still working on how I set my boundaries. I still apologize for too much. Healthy boundaries. They allow you to share personal information gradually. They help you to protect physical and emotional space from intrusion. They help you to have equal partnerships where responsibility and power are shared. They help you to be assertive and confidently and truthfully say yes or no. They help you separate your needs, thoughts, feelings, and desires from others. And they empower you to make healthy choices and take responsibility for yourself. When I started learning boundaries, it was right about the time that I started learning to tell myself, I can make happy and healthy decisions for myself. Let's all say it together. I can make happy and healthy decisions for myself. Step one. Step one of boundaries. Understand that you know what's right for you. And you have a right to speak your mind. And you have a right to say, I am not going to allow this behavior anymore because it's taking away from my quality of life. And you have a right to be loved, to be respected, and to be understood. Learning to set healthy boundaries takes time. 
It's a process, and sometimes the benefits or changes from the boundaries take time too. So just remember, when you're setting boundaries, don't be discouraged if you don't see results overnight. It took a long time to get set into patterns of dysfunction, and so however long it took to get into that dysfunction, it might take that long to get out of it. And someone might start respecting your boundaries, and then six months down the road, they start testing them again. That's just part of it. And don't give up. Things will get better. Developing a support system of people who respect your rights to set boundaries is really important to helping your boundary work. Work on eliminating toxic people from your life, those who want to manipulate, control, or abuse you. Those are my parting words. You deserve to have a life without being disrespected and abused and degraded and you deserve to be around people who lift you up and understand why you have boundaries and don't question you when you set them and boundaries is such a hard topic because it's really hard work and it's not always instant gratification but it's so worth it and it has brought so much more peace and understanding and love in healthy relationships in my life. And I just wish that for you. And if you ever have any questions or you need to talk more about boundaries, please feel free to reach out to me at codependency at BeatriceSpillsTheBeans.com or on my Instagram, BeatriceSpillsTheBeans. If there's anything that you related to in this episode and you liked, I would love for you to give me a rating on Apple Podcast and leave a review and tell me what you think. Last but not least, the two books that I read that helped me the most with boundaries was Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud and I believe John Townsend. And also the book Boundaries in Marriage was a great one that I read when I was engaged to my husband. And those books can be found on Audible. Our friends over at Audible are willing to give you a one-month free trial including a credit for one free book. So if you want your first free book to be on boundaries, check out one of those books I recommended and go over to audibletrial.com slash beans with a capital B. Again, that's that's audibletrial.com slash beans with a capital B. And thank you so much, friends. It was so nice to get to give you another month of my thoughts and my experiences. And boundaries is a big one. So I definitely recommend looking into it and doing some research on your own and talking to others about it and getting their perspective on it. And from experience, I definitely recommend not telling people you're setting boundaries and just (laughs) setting them because using that word can be a trigger in my experience. But anyways, I'm just so happy to be here. I love you guys so much. Remember that awareness sparks growth, my friends. Love you guys. (laughs) 